0: What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's John Deere Classic, and it is time to adjust your expectations for just one moment because this field is not very good. However, someone's going to win it, someone, someones are going to be in the optimal lineup. I think weeks like this are better for those that are well-researched and kind of uh how this could could shake out well-prepared. So uh, I'm going to do my best to prepare you for that. It's kind of a natural resting spot, right? We've just come through a, a great stretch of golf, U.S. Open, uh, last week's Travelers, which was close to the U.S. Open in terms of proximity, and then a lot of the top players are going to want to go to the Scottish Open next week or go play the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, and then they're going to play the Open Championship. So this is your natural resting spot in the schedule, and honestly, the field reflects that. I'll be very transparent with you there. But otherwise, uh, we're going to continue to rock and roll. Let's jump into the course, TPC Deer Run. All right. So TPC Deer Run, here it is on the course key stats model. Everything that you see will be from my website, rickrungood.com. You'll probably also notice... Uh, I've been making some updates, so I'll point them out as we kind of go along here, but they are upgrades and they are things that are going to allow me to continue to do, uh, more and more, which by the way, you know, I I guess I should have started with this at the top, but, um, generally at the end of the season, which believe it or not, we're only like nine weeks away from that is generally the time where I will redo a lot of tools. I'll make upgrades that it gives me kind of a a natural time to do that. If you have, uh, suggestions questions concerns comments like now's the time i'm nine weeks out and already preparing for it so now's the time if you want to leave a comment if you want to dm me if you want to send me an email if you want to get in touch if there's something you want to see speak now or forever hold your peace okay let's try this again course course key stats model uh tpc deer run good thing we have a lot of data Right. So if you've never seen this before, this is a a, a correlation model uh, between all of the finishes for the last dozen years and every stat available on the PGA Tour for each one of those years. And we start to build the type of player that has success here more often than other types of players. So with it being like 7100 yards and about average size greens, four inch uh, rough, which is kind of what we saw last week, which for the most part does not present much of a challenge you're going to see that uh, it's actually accurate drivers of the golf ball that have correlated most to success here over the years. That is not to say you cannot bomb and gouge your way. It's just everyone who's entered, every every golfer's skill set, uh, generally the guys that are more accurate – have had more success here. Think Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, uh, Lucas Glover. I mean, think about the guys who have just won this event and then take that for the entirety of of all of these fields. There's only six other courses on the PGA Tour schedule in which driving accuracy was more important or is more important than here at TPC Deer Run. That's really the only other stat that stands out in terms of rank. Rank um, is important because you can say things like, well, driving accuracy is more important here than other places so strokes gained approach is always very very important in fact it's still technically more important than driving accuracy but not when you compare it to strokes gained approach at other courses so that's why i include the value that's why i include the rank so you can kind of see the differences there so if we start to see or look through the types of golfers that over the last 36 rounds would fit best you know no surprise to see very accurate drivers of the golf ball guys that hit their second shots well. Adam Long, Ryan Armour, Boo Weekly, <laughs> Adam Boo Weekly only has ten rounds, so you might not want to look too deep into that. Adam Hadwin, Denny McCarthy, J.T. Poston, Brendan Todd, John Ha. It's that kind of week, right? It's that kind. Not only is it a, a poor field, but it is one that has historically lent itself to driving accuracy, which doesn't always get you. The cream of the crop but here this week it can be and there's a couple of guys um and we might want to talk about this later in the week but like that 45 to 1 range of the betting board i i think is likely where the winner comes from or at least more often than not there's a lot of really good options in that 45 to 1 range so something that i'll be keeping my on my eye on and we can talk through it as as we continue to roll on here but let's go straight to the cheat sheet uh brace your eyeballs. Uh, this is this is going to get ugly. It's going to get scary. Let's look at it. Four golfers over $10,000. That's it. Likely Daniel Berger would have been in that group. He just withdrew on Monday morning. So um, we've only got four golfers here. Webb Simpson, Adam Hadwin, Sahith Tagala, and Jason Day. Wow. So let's talk through this a little bit. Uh, I believe Webb Simpson is kind of clearly the, the cream of the crop here, not only in terms of you know historical win equity. I mean, Jason Day has that, but he's seven out of seventeen. Did you hear that? Can you hear that? Oliver just uh woofed outside the door. He wants to be let in. One moment, please. Okay, we're back with Oliver in tow. So, um, Jason Day has won more frequently and at like you know a higher clip over a shorter period of time, higher upside stuff than Webb Simpson has. But Simpson's won more. Often more recently. So if we go to his and then and then basically those two lap the field on a lot of these other wins. But look at what we're seeing from Webb. Remember, this was just like a really bizarre uh kind of year for Webb. He had to withdraw from what was that? Wells Fargo earlier. I mean, he hasn't played Quell Hollow, um, or he had to withdraw from in 2021, which was part of the like injury stuff. He was like not the same for a long period of time, but we're starting to see the metrics come back around here. So he's now gained strokes off the tee all but once dating back to the Masters. He's gained multiple strokes on approach in three of his last four. The ball striking numbers are back. He gained 6.3 in the ball striking categories. Hit the Travelers in route to a T13. The Putters starting to warm up again. I mean, it's he's he's moving away from a lot of that red and pink numbers on on his golfer profile page and moving much towards the uh the green which is obviously a a really good sign so now he's got three top 27s in his last four starts he missed the cut at the u.s open but actually gained strokes to the field that week so he missed the cut on the number and with a smaller cut that's possible to do so this is just a a much better stretch of golf than we've seen from Webb Simpson, honestly, probably in a year. It was, it was kind of a, a, a pretty sour stretch for him. I know it's only four starts, but this is, this is looking a lot better. Adam Hadwin's, Hadwin's been quite good as well. You know, only one uh career PGA tour victory. So you kind of wonder like, you know, what, What's the upside here? Can you really pay this price? But you're talking about uh, a guy coming off a seventh place finish at the U.S. Open. The ball striking numbers outside of these two starts at the Byron Nelson and the PGA Championship have been great in 2022. The short games coming around, we're actually seeing. So this is kind of a good sign for um, Adam Hadwin upside, which is he's now a much better. And this is completely different than the way he's done it in the past. He's now a much better Tito Green player. Right, he's gained strokes from T to green and a lot of them basically all but three times in 2022, which is a really good sign. And then he has these pop putting weeks so 5.2 at the US Open that week, he finishes seventh, 5.7 at the players finishes T nine. Uh, even like gaining one and a half at Valspar now is, is, is good enough to get you a top 10. So I believe Adam Hadwin has actually raised his floor. Uh, because of the tea, the, the, the tea to green stuff and actually raised his ceiling because he's still capable of having these pop putting weeks. He's no longer reliant on a pop putting week to get himself inside the top 10. It's just that's not the case anymore. So um, I'll be interested to see. I, I think ownership is going to be so critical this week. You know, is there a huge difference between Webb Simpson and Adam Hadwin? Like, no, probably not. Uh, will there be a big difference in, in ownership? Potentially, right? I, I could see that. So when we get to like the live chat on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Rick Run Good YouTube channel, we're going to know more. And that's probably going to dictate a lot of my decision making this week, uh, especially here at the top where you kind of have to plug your nose and click one of these names. uh So I'm, I'm kind of g- often going to let um ownership do that. Uh, Sahith Tagala. So coming off of. What would be, you know, just a very disappointing, uh, what ends up being runner up finish last week at the Travelers Championship, in which he was leading when he was standing on the 18th tee and all that fun stuff. Here's what you're going to see from Sahif. And I think, and we've talked about this a lot, um, the way that he plays, his style of golf, it is generally very much feel. It is not a technical swing. Um, he's a raw, talented golfer with, with just plenty of, plenty of upside but he does not have consistency. And you're seeing that within his results, right? Um, When he kind of came on the scene, it was T3 at Phoenix. Well, then he went T48, miscut, miscut, T7. And then he went 22nd, 67th, 70th, miscut, T24. Then he had a couple of other finishes that weren't great. Then the T5. Then, it's e then a T-53, then a runner-out. Like, I think he's just gonna be all over the place. And it's generally um, and the stats bear this out, and this also this also passes the 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 eye test as well. It's all the ball striking. He can have a plus eight and a half ball striking week like he did at the memorial. He can lose 3.7 like he did at the Valero. Because that swing is so feel based he's going to have weeks like this. So I think you are either kind of all in and, uh, you know, generally an investor most weeks on Tagala or you're kind of out. I think it's going to be difficult to say this course sets up for well for him or look, he's trending in the right direction. I, I just think it's going to be a lot more inconsistent than that. So you're going to have to decide whether he's someone that you want to try to guess right on. Uh, Jason Day is the last guy here in the 10K range and I'd probably just prefer J Day at a more difficult golf course. I think a place where... Um, maybe small greens and tricky greenside areas where he can tap into the short game, I think are the best versions of courses for 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 this version of Jason Day. Look at the approach numbers. You know, he's lost four, three, three, three and a half over his last four starts. He missed the cut at the Traveler's Championship. He's very reliant on the short game, but that's not necessarily going to be one of the key places you're going to be making up ground on the field this week. If you look at his, um, you know, stats for the season, he kind of sprays it off the tee. still he's 92nd in, in driving accuracy. Um, it's, it's just hard to really get super excited about Jason day here. In my opinion, I think, I think he's better suited for a more difficult golf course. I mean, this place has, um, what 19 under, I believe was the winning score last year which is the uh worst winning score in any of the last 3 years so you're generally talking about 20 something under par is Jason Day going to get to 25 under I doubt it probably unlikely I would I would prefer him on a on a more difficult course the $9000 range is brutal but what you do get is um golfer number 2 in the power ranking so last 24 rounds of everybody in this field, uh, Denny McCarthy is gaining 1.2 strokes per round. It's second to only JT Poston. So you get basically golfer number two in this range. And we can look up uh, Denny a little bit and see how he's doing it. Because remember, as we hear all the time, uh, it is generally the putter that carries Denny McCarthy. And you can see that. He has not lost strokes with the putter since the Sony Open. So once in 2022, as he actually lost strokes with the putter, and then he's gained, boy, that last six, that those last six starts, that might be a record, right? Like a six-event stretch, he's gained 10, 18, 18, and 11, uh, 29 strokes putting in six starts. That might be a record. I could look that up. But that's uh, that's very, very impressive. Now, he's sometimes... Uh, offsetting those with losses like that's what he did the Travelers Championship right he offset he had gained four with the putter lost a little bit more than four on approach well now he's now he's just a tour average player right so he's got to he's got to ball strike it a little bit and he's he's been inconsistent there Um, so $9,900 for Denny McCarthy is not Super, super exciting, especially because he's missed the cut here in his last two trips. Charles Howe the third is ninety three hundred. Charles Howell the third has three top ten finishes. No, three top fifteen finishes since the tour came back after the COVID shutdown. So that's like 48 starts or something like that for Charles Howe the Third. Uh super high floor, super low ceiling. The most likely outcome is he finishes like T33. Like that's that's the most likely outcome for Charles Howe the third, which is kind of hard to swallow. And again, there's only there's only four guys in this nine thousand dollar range, so we have eight. We only have eight golfers over nine thousand dollars, which is very, very tight and very, very small. Um, Maverick McNeely, who, if you've been paying attention, I've been a believer in this guy basically all year, and it's it's not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. He's got a little bit of course history here. He's got a couple of. Uh, decent finishes so he finished 18th in 2021 and 44th in 2017 didn't play it in the other year so just kind of looking through what's changed for McNeely uh he's not a good he's not as good of a ball striker right now as he was earlier in the year he's losing strokes off the tee something that he was gaining significantly in he's losing strokes on approach something he was gaining significantly in um the short game's been okay it's always been it's always been fairly inconsistent. So this is a little bit of a flyer if you want to go with McNeely because the form's not there, and we were investing in him when the form was there. So it's it's very difficult to uh, back him other than just saying, "Hey, I believe he's one of the class guys in this field," which he might be, right? Like, uh, let's see, last fifty rounds, he is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Of anybody who's not in the nine thousand dollars tier or lower, so unfortunately he, he's like the second most expensive guy in that range. But that's what you're banking on. You're kind of banking on the the longer term stuff when it comes to when it comes to McNeely. I think I'll end up being prone to skipping the nine thousand dollars range. Honestly, um, I think I think Denny could be fairly popular, and I'm happy to just go find Denny at a different week where he's not ninety nine hundred dollars. And I. Don't really love the rest of these guys. And because it's only four guys, it's likely that I just uh skip out on the nines and go straight to the the eights here. So probably go 10, 8, 7, whatever that looks like. Um, Scott Stallings. So by no means is Scott Stallings a safe option. But if you are looking for kind of like a high upside, high risk, high reward type of guy, Stallings is 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 really that golfer. So so look at this. Last four starts, he has a T eight. Miscut, cut, missed cut, T4. Then you go back even further, miscut cut, T25. So six starts, three top 25s. Two of them are top eights. The other three missed cuts, right? You're getting no expectation of consistency here. The good news is he's capable of popping off in the approach category. Plus seven, plus 7.7 at the Travelers and the Charles Schwab. Um, the putter is generally pretty good. He can go in both directions, but for the most part, it's a positive. And he's been like a zero driver of the golf ball. This is not the worst that profile I've ever seen for a high upside golfer, not someone who you're looking for consistency out of now, Nick Hardy, Nick Hardy, I expect to be, um, to be quite popular and he should be. So let's go, let's go find Nick Hardy here. The narrative is going to be, Hey, Nick Hardy. Um, you know, he's an Illinois kid. He's going home, all that stuff. Like for sure. However, I, you just throw that out. He's just, He's just playing well, right? He had a runner-up finish on the Corn Ferry Tour four starts ago, and then he's made three straight starts on the PGA Tour. T35 in Canada, 14th at the U.S. Open, T8 at the Travelers. And the stats are pretty good. A little bit relying on the putter, but he's gaining in the ball striking categories. This is, this is a well-deserved popularity that I think we're going to get from Nick Hardy at 8,700. I'm actually pretty happy with... Hardy at 87, Adam Long at 86, Brendan Todd at 85. So Long and Todd, those are your accurate drivers, right? When you go back to that course key stats uh, model, and you look at the stats that have had success at this golf course, and you start to look at golfers that fit that mold, who pops up? Adam Long pops up. He's number one. Uh, Brendan Todd is number like seven right? These accurate drivers of the golf ball who do other things. Okay. Or can get hot in other things like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with this $8,000 range. So that's another reason why the nine K's it's hard to get excited about when I have a couple of options here, Cam Davis, I think is the X factor. What version of Cam Davis are we going to get? Um, Because if you go back and look at last week, so last week, first two rounds, first two rounds, Cam Davis had the second-best score behind Xander Shoffley. He was lumped with Harris English and Kevin Kisner and Nick Hardy and Patrick Cantlay. Second-best stroke team. Gained eight strokes to the field in the first two rounds. The final two rounds, the weekend, he had the third-worst score. He lost eight-and-a-half strokes to the field. Jekyll and Hyde. What version are we getting of Cam Davis? Well, let's look at this a little bit deeper. He was still positive off the tee on the weekend, and pretty significantly, one-and-a-half off the tee on the weekend. Nearly all of the strokes he lost. He lost eight point three in the short game, eight point five total. Lost six strokes putting over the course of two rounds. Well, let's go to Cam Davis's profile here. Like, how is he generally in short game in short game categories? He's not horrible, right? So he he lost three and a half at the Travelers, even though he lost what? eight on the weekend lost 2.75 at the Memorial, but he was plus four plus three in his two starts before that minus 2.8, then plus 5.8. He's not horrible in the short game categories. He just had like what was essentially a really bad outlier weekend. So I'm willing to give him another crack here, especially because if you go look like go look at the fly, there's a great flyover for uh, TPC deer run outside of maybe two or three holes. There is not much trouble off the tee right? Which is what you start to get worried about with, with Cam Davis. And it's shorter. He doesn't have to hit driver everywhere. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to be, to be hurt again from Cam Davis. And then the AK range, I mean, it rounds out with JT Poston who's, as we talked about, like the number one golfer in this field in the last 24 rounds in terms of just pure strokes gained. And the reason that he's done that is because he's got a couple of, um, he's got a couple of pop weeks. He has a couple of, uh, top tens here recently so let's see yeah so goes back to rbc heritage right it includes that t3 t9 at wells fargo t2 that runner-up finish at the travelers the travelers was was very much an outlier at least in terms of like the approach play 8.17 that might be his best tournament ever it was so that's a little bit discouraging thinking he's probably not going to do that again um but he had like a, de- you know, he had a decent tee to green week at Wells Fargo. He had a great one at at RBC Heritage. It just wasn't as reliant on the approach play, so it's not horrible. And we know he's a very, very good putter. So I-, I think I'd be willing to roll JT Poston out there one more time, but understand that I think our window of using Poston is um, is closing, right? I think there's maybe this place Wyndham might be okay for him, but outside of that, like we are, I think we're running out of, running out of posts and spots. We'll go to the seven K range here. And, uh, Oh, actually, before we do that, I got to give a shout out. Uh, Andy M emailed me. So, uh, let me give you the backstory on this. And for those of you who've been following along, you on Twitter. We talk about on the, on the scramble, um, prize picks has been doing this thing. So prize picks doesn't have it out yet. I'm recording this on, on Monday morning. They don't have out they have out birdies or better props right now, but they don't have the birdie or better matchups out yet. And the birdie or better matchups are essentially head-to-head matchups by round. Who's going to make more birdies or better? That's it. It's not score. It's birdies or better. And what we discovered a couple of weeks ago is that they seem to be baiting everyone right into they have like a, a star player or like clearly the headline player versus someone much worse. The. I posted a spreadsheet a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week where it was like, hey, there are some big differences between like the, um, the birdie or better rates for some of these guys. And Andy M took it upon himself to like be tracking this and he sent me a spreadsheet. So he sent me this spreadsheet. So Andy, I have not even replied to your email yet, but I, I read it and I appreciate it. So basically if you blindly bet The headliner, so the guy that's featured on prize picks last week in these matchups, you went 26 10 and 6. That's crazy. And I believe the week before that was also a win, a a positive week for the headliner. So it's like all the lines are set to 0.0. I don't know what prize pick situation is. We've been talking about like, Hey, is this a trap or is this not a trap? And he did the math here, 26, 10 and six last week. If you just blindly followed the, uh, the headliners. So I met you'll see that pop up. So it'll say like, you know, Adam Hadwin versus, and then someone else down here. So we'll see when they come out, but, um, seems to be pretty exploitable at the moment. You can use the code in the, in the, Uh, the code is Rick. You can use the link in the description to get a deposit bonus as well. So Andy, I hope you keep tracking that. I'll, I'll reply to your email here, here shortly. Uh, And the other thing is, so I updated this head to head matchup tool. So what you can do is you could always plug in um, two golfers to go up against one another. And now you can choose how many rounds you want to look at. And it'll tell you the win probability uh, for each one of those golfers. And it'll actually now show you how often they gain Strokes to the field, how often they gain one or more, two or more, three or more. So you can kind of get an idea of floor and ceiling for your matchups and, and stuff like that. So, um, that's new on rickrungood.com, uh, as well. Okay. $7,000 range. I don't mind this at all. Ready to roll out review one more time, right? Playing well. Eighth place finish at the travelers. 27th at Charles Schwab 18th here last year. He's a fairway guy. No problem there. John, Hunt, $7,800. Uh, three straight top 25s and these are at generally maybe not colonial so much but courses that reward you for playing out of the fairway rbc canadian open and travelers you know you're talking about that thickish rough you're gonna get that same four inch thick kentucky bluegrass rough this week playing well accurate drivers have correlated to success here would not mind rolling out john Haw one more time uh finished seventh here in 2018 playing well they're, those guys, huh? John Hunt, Honor Lahiri, I think Ches Revy as well, maybe not, are also big jock market guys, right? So Lahiri is plus 156% ROI. Um, John Hunt is plus 39% ROI. He's down here. This is stock market DFA. There's so many ways to get access to these guys to win you a lot of money. And I think these are the. The really important guys the seven Ks. uh steve stricker let's talk steve stricker because i think most people are just going to say oh steve stricker's won here three times you're gonna have two you're gonna have two classes of of conversations i'm not gonna like this week one steve stricker's won here three times you have to play him the other one is oh steve stricker won here three times a decade ago you're an idiot if you want to play him i don't think i like either one of those conversations Let's throw out the fact that he won here in 2019 or, uh, 2009, 2010, and 2011, three years in a row. Let's look at the fact that he has actually uh, made 11 straight cuts at this event. So even going back to last year, a much different player than when he, what he was a decade ago. Finished T41, T43, in 2018. Let's look at what he's done recently. Rick, it's the Champions Tour. I get it. Here's what he's done recently. Runner-up finish, T10, win, T8, T11, runner-up. That last runner-up, U.S. Senior Open, charges up the leaderboard on Sunday, tries to track down Padraig Arrington, doesn't get there. But this is six consecutive top 11 finishes on the Champions Tour. So he's clearly feeling good about his game. But Rick, it's the Champions Tour. Okay, he's made nine of his last 11 cuts on the PGA Tour right going it's his last one was the 3M open last year cuz he's been playing on the champions tour obviously but i don't think he's as washed as most guys who have a lot of champions tour success are washed right like i don't i think he's much more competitive and there's really only one place i think he's interestingly competitive and it's here so you know it's it's like that bell curve what's that bell curve where it's like the simple idea, the complex idea, and then the simple idea again. It's like, I, that's the way I feel about Steve Stricker. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not a big meme guy, but that, that thing. Very excited to get Taylor Pendrith back. He's 7,300. I do not think this is particularly a good spot for him, right? He's, when he's healthy and when, we, when he was cooking on all uh, cylinders, cooking on all cylinders. He drives it far. He does not drive it accurately. He, has, he fractured a rib, I think, at the Players, which was in March. And he's not announced, but like he was scheduled to come back twice since then. And he's had like two different setbacks. So I'm hoping he plays this week because I think what we're going to get is Taylor Pendrith knocking off the rust. We're going to get to a week like rocket mortgage or something like that. And Pendrith is going to contend, like to get him at Detroit golf club. Like let's go. So, so we're going to keep a close eye on Taylor Pendrith. I don't think this is particularly a good week for him, but I'm, I'm very excited and hoping that he tees it up. Doesn't have any further, uh, further setbacks there. Uh, before we dive into the sixes, let me just roll through, uh, like course history here. So this is the Holy grail. It looks a little bit different. I pushed an update to the Holy grail. It is like 90% of the same data, but now it's going to be in a new format. So long story short, you guys know I've been su- running two parallel databases. Uh, I am now officially completely switched over. So the-, the Holy Grail was the last tool that I had to switch over to the new database, which is PGA, Corn Fairy Senior, Euro, live live data all of the data in the same database so now i'm completely switched over so now that i can do that i can now expand the holy grail so that stats tab that was at the top that'll be back in like a day or two i just had to get it live and then you're going to start to see all these tools really work together you're going to be able to uh filter across fantasy data with other data like it's going to be it's going to be good so it's just going to look a little bit different for now um but give me a day or two but luckily I'm, i'm now on the same database so um Going back to 2018, course history just at TPC Deer Run. There's not a ton of guys who've played it a lot. And we missed it in 2020, right? Lucas Glover, obviously with a win, only eight rounds. He had a win and a T10. Also makes sense, right? When he's at his best, he's an accurate driver of the golf ball. Fratelli, he also has a win in here. So his win and his miss cut are kind of near the top. Guys that have played it at least three times. Ryan Moore, 7200 uh, trip, uh, 12 rounds. T2, T18, T15, that's not super inspiring. Let's find the good putters. The good putter is a TPC deer run. Sam Ryder, 12 rounds. That's a pretty big sample size. Gained 15 strokes to the field. That's pretty darn good. Sam Ryder might be interesting because I bet you he's... So he putts like a madman here. What's he up to? Uh... This is kind of just how I just do my research, right? Just start clicking around and start finding these guys. Yeah, and his ball striking's been better recently, so could he marry and his putting's not been very good. So could he marry a little bit of improved ball striking with great feel and results on the greens at TPC Deer Run. It's not a horrible flyer. Just kind of looking through here. Seeing seeing if anything else stands out to me, not not particularly. Okay. Um that's fine. Let's let's go back to the cheat sheet here, and we'll run a model here in a second. So, sixty nine or the six thousand dollar range. Um, Hayden Buckley's here. Hayden Buckley, you know, probably caught your attention when he was, I think, tied for the late at the U.S. Open at one point. Finished fourteenth. Backed it up by made, making the cut last week. He's accurate off the tee. That's not so bad. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's actually just sort this by like strokes gain total for the last. Uh, let's do last twenty f- something twenty. I want, I want shorter term for these guys. Mark Hensby, no, that that's a lot of different tours. Uh, Brian Gay, no, that's Champions Tour as well. Okay, so Grayson Murray, statistically, probably one of the better guys in his last 20 rounds. Let's see what Grayson's been up to. He had the okay run at the um, US Open before he broke every club in his bag. Okay, a lot of this is, we've got a couple of Corn Fairy Tour events in here as well. So his last, his 20 rounds include three Corn Fairy events and a U.S. Open, which is kind of surprising, but um, it's not bad, right? He had a T4 at a Corn Fairy event, a T26, a T37, played well at the U.S. Open, then kind of coughed it up and and gave it away there on the weekend, especially on Sunday. I think he shot, I don't know, something outrageous. Um, Interesting. What else do we have? Kelly kraft has been playing better. 13th in Canada, 15th in Mexico. He's made three straight cuts here. Don't know what his upside actually is, however. Anybody else? Boy, really ugly. Could we avoid the nines and the sixes? Is that an option that we have this week? What about skill sets? Find me some fairway finders. Kadira, although playing out of those short grass doesn't matter when you miss five straight cuts. Brian Stewart, playing out of short grass doesn't matter when you miss six straight cuts. Boy, Boy, oh boy. We are in the hurt locker here. This is horrible. Okay. I'm going to try to run a model and see what I can find. Maybe we can get some 6K guys out of it that way. Custom model, rickrungood.com. Boy. Okay. Let's get creative. I think I want, yeah, 16, 20, 24 rounds, whatever. Let's do 16. That's fine. Something, Something like that. Now... We're going to apply our weights strategically here. Let's do accuracy, which we know is important, at 20, distance at 10. Uh, I, I do want to get like birdie or better in here just because you're probably going to have to go low. So let's put 25 on birdie or better, which leaves me with 45. So I want to distribute 45 between approach around the green and putting. I want to weigh approach the most. So what I'll probably do is... 20, whoops, 20 on approach, which leaves me 15. Uh, No, sorry, leaves me 25. So we'll do 15 around the green, 10 on putting. So getting uh, decreasingly important, big importance of accuracy, big importance off the tee in the ball striking categories. Birdie or better also going to be very critical. Last 16 rounds, the number one golfer in my model is, yeah, Webb Simpson no surprise. Webb Simpson, Adam Hadwin, and then Emiliano Grillo. Let's deep dive Grillo. Because remember, he, I think he had a baby, and just like the results were horrible, and I do not know if those are related or not. Let's see what he's been up to. Yeah, so he missed one, two, three, four, five straight cuts from the players to the Zurich. He's been better. Look at this. Okay, this is a, this is a little bit encouraging. Back to driving it well. The ball striking numbers trying to come back. That was always his bread and butter and the putter was always horrible still still bad with the putter and trying to work his way back in the ball striking categories he's now made one two three four five of his last six cuts missed the cut at the travelers this is not it's not horrible it's not horrible let's go back to the model here cam davis is four giddy up let's go denny mccarthy five Might lose a lot of money on Danny McCarthy this week. I don't know. Brandon Todd is six. Alex Smalley is seven. Glover, eight. Svenson nine. Adam Long, 10. No, sir. That's, that's pretty cool. And then McNeely's 11. Let's do Alex Smalley real quick. Because um, I feel like we've gotten Smalley wrong. The last couple, of, like I think I've only bet him twice. And I probably bet him at like both of these missed cuts or something like that. So a little bit of feast or famine here. Yeah, this is very much whack a mole, but he does have upside. T six in Mexico missed cut. T twenty seven missed cut. T twenty one missed cut. So if you're going on the every other trend, Alex Smalley would be uh, pretty good this week. He can pop in the ball striking categories. He can. This is this is all over the place. This is a dart throw, um, but at least it's a dart throw with with pretty good upside. But he shows up in, in as a top ten in the model. Boy, ugly week. Okay, interesting. Well, this will be fun. This will be fun. Got a lot to figure out, but we've got plenty of time to do it. We'll have a live show Tuesday, live show Wednesday, live show Friday, um, Jock Market Power Hour on Wednesday night. Lots of good stuff going on. And we are like two weeks away from the Open Championship, right? Which is going to be awesome. So get all rocking and rolling. Let me know if you have any suggestions, any comments, any questions, any issues. Hit me up. Tweet me, at good leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.